travel builds your confidence. Um, starting a company as well builds your confidence for sure. And I think doing the two at the same time, you have to have thick skin, you know, and you have to be pretty confident in yourself. I mean, I've seen my confidence grow immensely since taking that initial leap. And I think that it's it's just really important to, you know, believe in that in yourself essentially and that you can do that. Be authentic. Go off the beaten path. Define what success looks like for you. That all sounds awesome sauce, doesn't it? But what does working and living on your own terms actually look like in practice? The Leading Rebels podcast is here to offer some answers. Every two weeks, you'll hear inspiring interviews with badass women walking the talk and my own actionable advice to help you find, own, and tell your story. I'm your host, Catherine Dell, a storyteller, founder, and book nerd that's passionate about amplifying women's voices. Now let's dive into today's episode so you can become a leading rebel in your life. Hey there, Rebel. Welcome to this episode of Rebel Moves. I've got a super exciting guest for you today. Nisan Brown is the co-founder and CEO of Be Here, an all-in-one platform for women to find and book private apartments, workspaces, and fitness studios in cities around the world. We actually had one of the Be Here women at the Coleman space last month, which was super exciting, and uh, she was so warm and welcoming. We loved having her there, and Nisan's concept is amazing. She's lived in over 10 countries and knows the new places and experiences, fuel inspiration and creativity, which I think you could all agree with. And I myself as a traveler definitely am with her 100% of the way. So I'm super excited to welcome Mason to the podcast. Hi, Mason. Hey, Kat. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us. I know you've got an amazing story to share. Uh, before we dive into kind of where you started and where you're today. I like to kind of start with a little personal question. You've traveled all over the world and you've also worked all over the world. And as we know, sometimes vacation and work are not the same thing. So what's kind of been your favorite spot to, you know, feel inspired and get creative, but also, you know, get work done? Like what's been your best spot to do both? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I probably have two and it kind of fits into also the way my life is right now. Uh, For me, Barcelona, Spain is one of my favorite places for creativity and inspiration. I mean, walking around the streets, I'm actually in Barcelona currently. uh, And so, you know, just kind of diving into the history, the art and the, the way of life, it helps sort of fuel creativity and find inspiration. And then also uh, New York City. And New York obviously is very fast-paced, but um, it also has a really sort of hustle or strong moving culture. And that really encourages you to show up, you know, and, and to be your best self and to try to keep growing as fast as you can. And so it's definitely very motivating and inspiring being there as well. I definitely love Barcelona. It's, it is also one of my favorite cities. And my dad actually told me that apparently we've got family from there. So I'm also connected <laughs> to the city with a million times. So yeah, I guess like, I'm supposed to have a special kinship to it for sure. So you've had a very interesting journey. And I'm going to jump a little bit ahead in the sense to say that you actually started in finance. And now, you know, you're a founder traveling a world, having, you know, creating experiences and giving women the access to find inspiration so on across the world. What were like the three big rebel moves that got you from there to here? Oh, definitely. Um, so there's been a few big things in, in my, both in my life and my career that have 
definitely moved me in the direction to where I'm at now. But uh, I think one of the initial ones was buying a one-way ticket to Australia. Um, I was working in corporate finance and, you know, I just, I quickly realized that that wasn't the right culture for me and it wasn't where I was, would be able to grow as fast as I wanted to grow. And so much to my family's dismay, my parents' dismay, um, I booked a one-way ticket to Australia and said, you know what, I am going to figure this out. I'm going to sort of, you know, have an adventure and I'm just going to take this opportunity and make the most of it and, and really do something that is near and dear to my heart and something I want to do. I mean, I was super young. It was like I booked it and left within a month and, you know, I had to move out of my apartment in Toronto where I'm originally from and, you know, just kind of get everything together and then and go. Um, and it was honestly one of the best experiences I could have done. You know, I met so many incredible people there. Uh, I ended up staying for a whole year working there. And so that for sure was a, a massive part of, you know, catapulting me to where I am now. Secondly, was definitely deciding that travel would be a big part of my life. I mean, from a young age, I've always loved travel. I traveled on my own for the first time, I think, when I was 13. And then, you know, staying with family, though. And then again, when I was 18. And so I knew early on that, you know, traveling on my own and meeting new people was something I wanted to prioritize. And so while I was in Australia, I actually booked a, a trip to Asia. And that's kind of when I started traveling and working remotely and, you know, diving into that world. So that was kind of the second big thing. And then the third for sure, which is probably the biggest, was ultimately making the decision to start a company. I mean, it's exhausting, uh, which I'm sure you can attest to. It's incredibly rewarding, but also very frustrating. And it is a uphill battle constantly. And so making that decision to start be here and to you know do something that I was really passionate about and that I um, was a big decision, but uh, obviously one that I'm very happy I made. And I think I, all your travelers are also very happy that you've made the decision <laughs> to create be here for sure. So looking back a little bit at, at your beginning, I think I know you mentioned that sometimes that you felt finance had like this red tape that especially limited women. Mm -hmm. what, was the, what was your experience there that kind of made you feel that way? Yeah. So I think, I mean, it speaks to also just corporations as a whole. There's very much a, a rigorous sort of process and structure around how everything is done. And I saw that a lot of people were kind of unmotivated, you know, just showing up for the nine to five so they could get home and collect the paycheck. And if anything was to be changed, it had to go through a series of things uh, and processes and people. And it would take a very long time to make these big changes. And then when you look at the startup world, things change so rapidly, right? And so there's so much more opportunity for growth and for trying things and, you know, failing, but being able to pivot from those failures and try something new. Whereas in the corporate world, that that sort of environment and culture doesn't really exist. It's very much, you know, following the rules and slowly taking those steps. And, you know, for a lot of women, I mean, I was in banking for a, a lot of women, the people at the top of companies are men, right? And high level executives, it's all men. So you look at that and you sort of try to understand, you know, how can I get to that position or move up the ranks when ultimately there's no one that looks like me up there, right? And I think that's a conversation that more and more people are having nowadays is how do we get these high level executives and, and CEOs and how do we get women into these positions and change that and make more women be able to climb those ranks and have those mentors and not feel like this is an unattainable goal. Absolutely. And I also, it was still a very bold decision to say, I'm going to leave <laughs> and go to Australia, which is like pretty much the other end of the world. 
And it sounds amazing that your parents already let you travel at 13. I think they already sound like they were more open about it, but there's still a difference between, you know, traveling and then being like, I'm moving to a completely different mm-hmm. country, especially when you're younger still, you know, how did your friends, your family, how did they react to this? And how did you kind of have the confidence or belief in yourself? Or were there always like, we're also a little bit unsure? Or how did you like get yourself to do that big step? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> they thought I was crazy, for sure. Um, you know, at the time, I was in my 22, I believe, at the time when I did that. And so it was like, what are you doing? You're very young. You know, you, you should be like working your way up in this career. And you should be sort of doing things by the book, which majority of my friends and family all do. And, and while that might be the right path for them, I knew that it wasn't the right path for me. And I also knew that for me to learn and grow the, the best and the fastest way to do that was to just throw myself out of my comfort zone. And so I had been to Australia before. So it was like a little bit familiar with um, Sydney, which is where I booked my ticket to. And I was sort of like, you know, I'll figure this out. I, I'll give myself the year. And, you know, worst case, I come home in two months. And best case, I have an amazing experience. I learn a lot and I become a much more independent, strong woman. And ultimately, that's how. You know, how it turned out was that once I got there, I think, I think the whole time, even though my parents were sort of like, no, no, let's, (laughs) let's reevaluate. Maybe you shouldn't go there type thing. Uh, I think I was very set in that I wanted to do this on my own. I've always been a fairly independent person um, and definitely the most independent of my siblings. And so I was like, I'm going to forge my own path. Um, whatever that might be. And my parents were, and friends were ultimately supportive of that, but also I think just a little, you know, you're crazy, but good luck type thing. Uh, and, it, and it worked out for the best. I love that. And I, I totally get that, that, you know, there's different things for different people. What was for you mm-hmm. the kind of, you know, vacationing somewhere is, is a great starting point. But as you also know, with Be Here and kind of, you know, when you start working in places, there's still like a difference between just visiting somewhere and working from somewhere and also, you know, moving somewhere completely new. What was kind of the maybe unexpected challenges that you faced that first time when you did the first big move, so to say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are so many challenges you face when moving somewhere new. And I think I was a little naive in that. I'll just figure it out, you know? And I mean, ultimately I did, but there's so many challenges, like how am I going to find a job? How am I going to find a place to live? You know, how am I going to maintain my routine? For me, um, exercise really helps keep me sane, you know, whether it's running or going to yoga, et cetera. And so how was I even going to do that you know all of these things come up it's I very overwhelming when you look at it with so much and that's really how be here came to be was that oh my gosh this is extremely overwhelming I've now done this multiple multiple times I have a great understanding of what this looks like and I also know what we need as humans to survive and, and thrive in these situations and for me being able to connect with someone in a place was also super important is that you don't move somewhere entirely new and have to figure th- everything out but also finding an apartment I think my first move that was a lot more challenging than I anticipated um, and so I think you have to account for all these things like landlords from other countries and you know trying to find a space and, and that makes sense for you as well as one that is actually up to the standards that you're looking for and if you're booking something online does it actually look like what it looks like in the photos like all these sort of issues that come up 
and completely derail your routine, right, as well. So it's about trying to be able to recreate your life in each place. And I think, um, yeah, those were some of the main issues that I first recognized uh, and obviously over time got much better at getting set up in each place. But it's, it's still a struggle and it still for sure derails your productivity if you're not set up in advance or if you don't have that framework already there. That's something I'd love to kind of dive into and ask a little bit about because, you know, after you went to Australia and you worked there, you decided to ramp it up even more. So you got settled there, but then you're like, nope, I'm not staying here either. And you're like, I'm going to go completely the nomad lifestyle. And I think it was about 18 months or something. You can correct me if I'm wrong that you spend as a digital nomad. And, you know, the challenge that you've you said they're like just ramped up when you're constantly moving. It's like constantly looking for a new place, constantly looking for new workspaces. But for me, as one thing you said, it's very key is like we, you know, as we get older, we find out ways how we work best. So you said, for example, exercise was one of your things, but it can be tricky to, you know, build and maintain routines when you're changing time zones or, you know, the local culture is different. Like, you know, Spain's definitely a much more later in the day culture where dinners and drinks go much more later than maybe they do in other countries. So how have mm-hmm. you found how to, you know, maximize your personal best way of working productivity while still changing spots so much? Yeah, definitely. I love this question. It's actually something our team has been talking about. um, And we are actually going to be releasing an article soon with uh, expert tips on how to do this. Uh, So I'll I'll let you know when we do, but it's definitely something that I'm, I'm by no means an expert at, but I have figured out my routine and what works best for me. And that also does work best for other people. And for me, that's figuring out when I'm most productive. And when you're moving around a lot, obviously you can face things like jet lag and you also face, you know, maybe getting sick because you're traveling. And so how do you stay on top of your work and your routine and your life, you know, and try to enjoy. And for me, that was figuring out that every morning I needed to be able to, regardless of the time zone I was in, get a quick workout in and then dive into work. Um, obviously dealing with like most urgent emails and those things first, and then trying to block out periods of time in my day where I could spend strategizing or being creative and, you know, really using that deep thinking brain power to really focus and then pass that, you know, every day looks a little different depending on what the meetings are like, or, you know, if you have calls and the, the great thing about, you know, being able to work remotely is that you can schedule your routine, how it works best for you. So while I'm based here in Barcelona, all of my calls with uh, the States and on the East coast are in the evenings. So I have the mornings to really dive into what I'm doing, whether it's writing or strategizing. And I think that's the most important thing is figuring out your time zone and your routine and how they will merge together. And then every time you move, sort of being able to say, okay, this is the routine that works best for me. Um, while in Asia, it's a little more challenging because obviously the hours are almost flipped from North America. So you're looking at calls late nights, really early mornings. And it's just, you know, allowing yourself to say, okay, if I have late night calls, I can sleep in a little more and, and giving yourself that wiggle room so that you have balance. Because as soon as you get sick, your whole routine gets derailed, right? And that's something I've been uh, pretty fortunate to be able to get a hold of and and figure out quite quickly so that I don't lose too much time on feeling exhausted or being sick from all of that travel and getting out of whack. Yes, definitely a very big trial now, I think. And it's great that you're trying to help other people uh, jump ahead and, and kind of have the resources and knowledge beforehand. And something else you mentioned, which I completely agree with, is that, you know, that connection piece when we travel, right? 
So traveling is awesome for inspiration and creativity, as we said, and, you know, getting new input. But sometimes part of, you know, travel fatigue in that sense on the one side is, you know, missing your familiar things. Maybe, you know, you, the, the classic like, oh, I want my bed back. <laughs> but almost always it's also a very big thing of like my friends and or my partner even or whoever it is, the people in your life, then you're like, oh, it's always new people, never new spot I am. And there's no consistency there. So how have you managed that or made it so that on the one side you build connections in the places you are and on the other side, maybe also keep connections that are not, you know, immediate in, in the locations you're currently at and with you traveling so much? Yeah, definitely. So on the side of keeping connections with people back home, technology has been a lifesaver. Um, the fact that, you know, you can just pick up your phone and FaceTime people. I mean, that's ultimately how I keep my best connections uh, back home with family, with friends, etc. And also through social media. Um, I think that social media definitely gets a bad rap and for good reasons. But also a lot of times I keep up with friends and, and, and networks and connections back uh, in North America through Instagram or through, you know, these type of outlets as well, Twitter and these kinds of things. And it's how you can stay connected, whether I'm in the States, staying connected to someone in Asia and Europe or vice versa. Uh, so those have been really helpful for me and just also prioritizing that, you know, I, I try to make a point to call my family at least once every two weeks, generally more than that. Um, and then also just shooting important people notes and trying to really nurture those relationships because it is work, you know, and when you're not there and present, it's, you have to put in the effort, um, but it's, it's well worth it for sure. And then when it comes to building relationships in new cities, for sure, this was something that is always going to be challenging. And it depends on your personality. You know, if you're a very outgoing person and you just kind of throw yourself out there and go to all these events and things, that's how you can very quickly build a network, which is amazing. Um, co-working spaces are obviously a great way. I'm, I'm sure you can attest to that as well. You know, building meaningful connections through that, whether it's different events there, workshops, or just, you know, saying hi by the, the coffee or the water cooler. And so these things are a great way to do it as well. But having that initial connection in a city, I found was super important. Um, it's one of the reasons we have city hosts at Be Here is because having someone that you're connected to before you get there just gives you that extra sense of reassurance. You know, uh, there's someone there that knows I'm there that's looking out for me and that's also willing to share their recommendations. I think it's super important to actually experience cities beyond the touristy things and really dive in like a local. It's how we make travel more sustainable too, right? And it's how we ultimately learn from traveling new places. The point of travel, I believe it shouldn't just be to take amazing photos, you know, or have a vacation or see really cool things. It should be to learn and to dive into those local cultures, meet people, you know, talk to people at a coffee shop or, you know, if you're walking around um, and you're lost instead of looking at your phone, perhaps like see if you can figure things out. And it's how some of my best adventures have come, but also how some great friends have been made is through putting yourself out there and just connecting with that city and really getting a better feel for that place versus just, you know, hop on the bus, take some cool pictures, jump off the bus type thing. And so I think having that local connection in that city also helps with that a lot because they're able to recommend places and things that you might not otherwise find right and explain to you how things are done in that city or you know even just something as simple as like how to take the transit there so that you don't have to always take cabs or those kinds of things and um, it makes a world of difference for your your time spent there for sure 
Yeah, absolutely agree. And um, I also know that the beer who was visiting us at Co-Women also was in love with her uh, city host. And uh, I think, as you mentioned, what a great thing that happens there is that you get shown places and nooks and crannies that you wouldn't probably discover on your own or just by Googling the city and looking, you know, especially if you're bigger ones like Berlin or Barcelona or New York, there's like a million things to do and you can spend, you know, days and days and days just trying to search for them. Um, and mm-hmm. having somebody kind of curate that for you and give you the insider tips and, you know, be also with you there and you not having to do everything alone is definitely a huge benefit. Want to start your own podcast? I'm sure you're brimming full of awesome ideas about the kick-ass episodes you'll be recording. I know I was when I got started. One thing I wasn't so excited about, having to figure out all the tech logistics of getting my podcast live. Cue my lifesaver, Blueberry. After some intense research, I settled on Blueberry as my podcast host, and almost three years later, I couldn't be happier. Why? Because setup is easy and fast. There is a WordPress integration, and they've got awesome sauce statistics you can nerd out on. If you want to focus on being a boss and creating great content, I've got a special offer for you at leadingrebels.com blueberry. One free month of hosting or statistics. Again, that's leadingrebels.com slash blueberry. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. Now back to today's episode. Speaking of not alone, uh, you can hear again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you also travel with your partner at times or always, I'm not sure. So how do you two do that? How does that work? How do you uh, not kill each other? Because, you know, there's a lot of couples who say like, oh, traveling together is the biggest tension moment in a relationship. And if you do that 24, you know, if you do that quite a bit and work also at the same time, that is, has a potential to be quite uh, stressful. But uh, you, it seems that you guys make it work. A hundred percent. I think we have a rather unique uh, circumstances in that we actually met while we were traveling. And so we kind of shared that passion, but also we very quickly learned, you know, how one another reacts to situations and our kind of style of traveling and and what we both want in life. And I think that made a huge difference. Um, When you travel with someone, you learn a lot about them, right? And so whether it's friends, family, a partner, um, you definitely very quickly learn a lot because you go through ups and downs, you know, whether it's missing a flight or, or a train, et cetera, like you learn how people react to situations. And so for us, we've just found a way that works for us. And um, we're also fairly easygoing people, um, but we each have different qualities that, you know, holds weight in the relationship. So for instance, um, I'm the one that ultimately is like, all right, we're going to, you know, book this flight now. And then we get on top of that and it's done. And I sort of plan out, you know, direction wise, whereas he's able to sort of say, okay, this is, you know, like if I'm <laughs> feeling a little wound up, like, oh, this, this is delayed, et cetera. He's able to just say, you know, take a breath. And I think we've really worked well at j- sort of figuring out how the other travels and how to be able to help them. Um, we spend majority of our time together, uh, majority of our travels together. So I think through that, I mean, it's been almost three years now. I think that we've really kind of gone through all all those ups and downs of travel and uh, come out much stronger. And I think for a lot of people, when you first travel with a partner, you learn a lot about them. And then each successive, I'm trying to think of the right word, but uh, 
each trip after that uh, is basically a lot better and each one gets better and you learn more about the person and you also learn about the types of activities you want to do and the work style. So for me, I like to wake up really early. Like I said, for him, it's usually a little later, but then prefers to work later. And so we respect each other's sort of boundaries on those and need to you know, be plugged in at certain times. And I think that really helps with the relationship as well. It's definitely a big learning process. And I think, as you said, it's, you know, it builds upon each other. And I think it's great that you, you know, find out a way how to make it work. And as you said, it's also different people having different traits. But one thing I think you can probably hopefully agree with is that when you travel a lot, and especially since you're also traveling solo at the beginning, um, confidence is such a big thing, right? Because a lot of the reasons some people are, are scared of traveling is that they don't know how they're going to handle unexpected situations. It's like, you know, what if something happens? What if I don't know something? What if it's a language I can't communicate in? And it's kind of, um, you know, it's a little bit of fear in that sense. And how has that built for you? How's your confidence in being able to say like, I can master, as you said, the delays or something not working or unexpected situations coming up? For sure. I mean, I 100% agree with that. I think travel builds your confidence. Um, starting a company as well builds your confidence for sure. And I think doing the two at the same time, you have to have thick skin, you know, and you have to be pretty confident in yourself. I mean, I've seen my confidence grow immensely since taking that initial leap. And I think that it's it's just really important to, you know, believe in that in yourself essentially and that you can do that and you know with travel there's always going to be hiccups and just trying to breathe through them for me that's one of the most important things because initially it was sort of like oh well you know if this is delayed then this is going to be delayed and then my meeting is going to be delayed you know and you just kind of go into this spiral whereas if you just take a breath and you prioritize things and you say, you know, I have no control over, you know, the flight being delayed or the train being delayed, whatever it might be. What I do have control over is how I react to it and how I move forward from it. And so what what can be moved? Can the meeting be pushed? Can you take it on the go, et cetera, et cetera? And finding a way to work through that without losing your head per se is huge. And I think every time you do that and you you come out the other side of that sort of struggle, you gain a little more confidence. And uh, ultimately, each time you travel somewhere, you also gain more confidence, right? Because by no means are, is my uh, language is my strongest skill. But at the end of the day, you learn how to sort of com communicate with people and connect with people. And, you know, I've been places where you run into situations where you're like, I feel like I might be, you know, overcharged right now or getting scammed. And you just kind of have to, you have to say, you know, is this like worth a battle right now? Or do I just accept it and move on? And like in the grand scheme of things, it's not worth my frustrations or worries to, you know, really be essentially like fixated on this and then down the line or the rest of my day has, has taken a toll from it. So I think kind of factoring in all those things and uh, for for those that travel a lot, they probably experience a lot more confidence from it. And for those that think about traveling but haven't really done it, um, for sure, each trip you take, you'll feel kind of a sense of accomplishment and uh, for sure more confidence as well. Yeah, I also, my perfectionistic tendencies also definitely get challenged and you get brought down <laughs> to be more relaxed about things when, when you travel. It's definitely a, a huge learning part of that. 
And as you said, being a founder and designed to find something, it's also like a huge confidence uh, leap. So that's the one I, I'd love to jump to now. It's how did that transition for you? So you were traveling, so you were living the life, like I'm going to say, in that sense and experiencing, as you said, kind of perks of it and the great parts of it and also kind of the challenges and, you know, what doesn't work so well when you have to organize everything yourself constantly. And, um, you know, as you know, and as I know, and hopefully a lot of people know, it's becoming much, much, much more common for people to have flexible careers or freelance. Um, I think it's what 50% of Americans by 2020. And mm -hmm. especially million women are becoming like a bigger and bigger role. Um, you know, there used to be more of this like image of, you know, the surfer dude guy <laughs> who would be the one to be like a digital nomad, but that's uh, rapidly changing. So how did you decide to found be here? How was that step? How, how did that journey go? Yeah. So, I mean, the initial ideation kind of came from all of my frustrations in each new place, right? Sort of this dismantling and getting set up each time was, it's challenging, right? And I had to figure out where to stay and how to work out and, and where to work from. And, you know, sometimes the place didn't look like the photos. Sometimes the weather was terrible. And the first thing that fell off was always my fitness routine. And so that was really where the initial idea for Be Here came from was this is something that is challenging. More and more people are able to live flexibly, yet there are so many barriers when it comes to wanting to travel somewhere new and especially for women, right? us booking a vacation or a trip somewhere, it looks much different than a man doing it. And in all these additional things like safety and quality and standards and, and routines and these things. And so from my experience doing it so many times, I was sort of able to see that, you know, there's a real need for this. And as our, you know, workplaces and the future work is beginning to adapt and change, we're going to need this more and more. And how do I make it possible for more women to do this specifically, right? to be able to kind of chase those crazy dreams, whether it's going to Barcelona for one month to give it a try, or whether it's spending, you know, three months in Bali or the summer in Europe. And how do we sort of help people feel comfortable and confident doing these things with that extra layer of support and uh, safety and, you know, just feeling like they are living in that city versus traveling. One of the initial things that I learned was the faster you move, the faster your routine fell apart, right? And so yeah. jumping from place to place within a couple of days was not conducive to good work for me. And I, I realized that quite quickly. And I realized that by slowing down and spending a month or two months in a place, you were able to be much more productive, get much more work done, and really sort of acclimatize to that place and the people and the culture and learn much more and um, be much more open to different experiences there. And so that's where the initial idea for Be Here all came from. Um, that coupled with the fact that I had a lot of friends and uh, mostly women reaching out, sort of being like, how are you doing this? You know, how is this possible? Um, all these things like, are you afraid? You know, how, how, how have you made this sort of your lifestyle? And so the transition from doing that to starting Be Here was just kind of looking at the market and looking at potential and also looking at what was already out there and what were the other options? You know, could I book a place on Airbnb and then get to a place and it didn't really look like what I wanted it to be or, you know, wasn't the quality that it said it was. And then would I go to a cafe and realize the Wi-Fi didn't work and then have to go to another cafe. And then, you know, all these things kind of took a ton of time and effort and getting set up took a few weeks instead of a few hours. 
And so after looking at all of that, um, we just decided to initially test it and we put out a site in almost like a, a type form of sorts where people could say where they wanted to go and when, and we would connect them with the right spaces. And the response was really overwhelming. It was very exciting to see how many people were interested in that. And so then we decided from there to, you know, to go with that and to start building something that would be really helpful. And for us, we see technology as being incredibly helpful for connecting all these flexible spaces. You know, there nowadays there are so many apartments that are, you know, empty. There's all these flexible spaces available. And then there's also a always increasing amount of co-working spaces and fitness studios uh, as more and more people begin to be able to work remotely, right? And begin to prioritize their health and wellness while doing that. And so being able to create the technology that connects all of these pieces and brings them together while also having an aspect of community and having those local hosts and being able to connect women that share these goals and these dreams and vision, you know, of creating life that actually fits their needs and wants and not having to take the standard route that society tells them to take. Um, it's It's been really exciting and really cool. And I think it's it's definitely where we're going in terms of the future of work and even the future of living. You know, people are choosing not to buy homes or not buying cars and they're choosing to spend money on experiences rather than things. And with that, it's how can we better connect our world and how can we use travel to better connect people and how do we also connect these spaces so bringing all these <laughs> aspects together into one was uh long story short uh the, yeah the whole idea of be here yeah and no, i definitely i love i love the idea and the concept and i love that it's thriving for you how was the difference between since you you know you were already working remotely and you know had to create your own schedules and learn how to be productive on your own and all those things but how did that your you know experiences schedule what were the challenges when you switched from being freelance I'm gonna say broadly to being a founder um I mean it is definitely a big leap you have to dive into so many things that are entirely new for you right and things like building a website and you know figuring out aspects of you know creating a business that are completely new to you this is my first company and so there was a lot of initial sort of hurdles and, and figuring things out and, and kind of trying and failing at things. But um, it became, I mean, it's a, it's a lot more work for sure. I, I work crazy, crazy hours in, in comparison to sort of being able to freelance. But at the same time, it's something that I'm super passionate about and that I believe is making a difference and, and that I believe in, you know, and I think ultimately you get to a point where you have something that you've been wanting to do and it's sort of always nagging at you. And at what point are you really going to invest in yourself and make that decision, right? And you get better and better at managing your time for sure. I mean, it's been, uh, we launched officially in February of 2018, but uh, started the initial ideation uh, the summer before that. And so it's been a, a, I guess, almost two years now of figuring out what works best for me and when I'm most productive, what I need to prioritize, how to manage a team, how to manage people while you're all over the world, you know, what are the best tools for us to use while working remotely, and what's sort of the best way to stay connected, how do we get the most important information across, and building these processes so that we can launch more cities, you know, and the first few, it's very much a learning process. And then once you've kind of determined how you can make that scale, how do you implement it across? 
across multiple faucets. And then as you grow, where are the pain points, you know, and it's sort of each new thing that comes up, how can you tackle that and make it easier for yourself and your customers? And at what point do you move from, you know, initially it was much more manual. At what point do we move from manual to more heavily investing in the technology and making those leaps? So you have to make these decisions and prioritize your time much, much better and and rather quickly. And so it's forever a learning process for sure, but it's one that uh, I liken to getting sort of a, an MBA in real life because you're you're trying things and doing things in real life, right? And in real time. So it's, it's very cool and exciting, but it's also a very unique and stressful uh, job or role per se. Yeah. I mean, the accelerated learning process is definitely something that I also love about it and, and need, but uh, yes, it also sometimes comes with, with uh, a tiring moment, so I'm going to say. <laughs> but uh, yes, I also agree that it's, that's very much worth it. And you also said something that I loved about what you do with Be Here is kind of help women do the, you know, get off the beaten path and not do what is expected of them, but rather figure out and define by the, on their own what type of life they want to live. What's your experience now? Because I feel like we got to this point where then we started being more accepting of maybe younger people taking like a year off or saying, yeah, I'm going to travel the world. And you're like, okay, good. But then the expectation was like, but you'll come back and then get settled. And you definitely did not come back <laughs> and get settled. And I mean, so, you know, it's been many years that you have a partner who it's also not changed anything. So how do people react to you now where it's like, no, this is not like a, you know, one-time thing that I just did and it's you know, out of my system, so to say. This is actually a very different life that I am building. <laughs> no, I love this question. Uh, for sure. I think that a lot of people look at it that way and they look at it as sort of like, okay, let them sort of have their, their fun year and then they'll come back to the real world. And I remember uh, for the first like couple of years, even getting messages like, uh, when, when are you coming back from your vacation? Like, no, no, this is actually not a vacation. You know, this is my life. And so people have become much, much more accepting of it now, for sure. Uh, my family is, is very supportive of it. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur as well. And so I think he has an understanding, although I'm doing things differently. Um, I'm still, you know, focused on a goal and, and growing while doing this. And I mean, there, there are times where I like to slow down and, and stay in one place more, but I um, just, you know, prioritize that and, and make my schedule fit into those times. And I think everyone has ebbs and flows in their life where they want more, more movement or they want to be still. And so I just have made that work for me. But I think I, I, you still get the, the odd questions like, okay, so what's your schedule like? And I mean, I still am like, okay, well, this is my tentative schedule, but um, not a hundred percent sure I can, you know, be in these places. And it's something that comes with the lifestyle, but I think that it's ultimately becoming more and more common. So becoming more and more accepted. And yeah, I think it's important to share also that this is, you know, as much as yes, your life looks wonderful, there's more to it, you know, and you're also working incredibly hard or, you know, taking 7am calls on Sundays where, you know, other people are sleeping in or, you know, going out with friends and just showing that there's more to it than just the like, oh, you're, you live this amazing travel lifestyle, but in reality, you're actually also working and also trying to accomplish your, your big dreams and goals and just doing it in a different way and showing people that there are different paths to do that. Yes, and I, and I love that you're doing that for women. And I'm also sure you also inspired a lot of women listening to want to go out and, and do more of that on their own and you know travel and stay longer, which I can also very much recommend. What other resources, except, of course, of joining Be Here and, and 
having that experience. Would you recommend to inspire listeners to be leading rebels in their own lives and kind of build, you know, lead their own life how they want to like you did? Yeah. I mean, I love learning. I've always loved learning and it's something I prioritize um, on a a daily or at least weekly basis. So I'm always looking for, you know, new resources to learn new things. Um, Right now I'm actually going through uh, sort of a a month of TED, TED Talks in general. So listening to a TED Talk a day, which I find those incredibly inspiring. They have all sorts of topics, you know, and I, I actually listen to them on one and a half speed. So for those people that say, I don't have time to watch, you know, a 10 or 15 minute video, just turn it to one and a half speed and, you know, really focus, but pay attention for the, for those like seven or eight minutes and you'll get a new lesson in each one for sure. That said, I also love NPR podcasts, uh, specifically how I built this. It's super inspiring for me to hear people's stories of how they built different companies. Um, and so I love those. And then in terms of Books, a book that I just read that I think applies on a very broad scale, whether you want to live a life where you're able to travel a lot or whether you just want to, you know, succeed in where you're at and, and what you're building currently, um, is a book called Grit I just read. And it's uh, it's really interesting, a, a little bit scientific, but essentially it talks about the science and the actual like application in real life of grit and how you can use your grit and increase your grit to help propel you towards success. And it, yeah, it's, it's a super interesting read. Um, that one and then The Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, which also kind of talks about people, you know, the outliers essentially on um, the, the sort of broad end of the spectrum that how they got to those places and why those things happen. So some interesting reads. I have the longest list of things, but <laughs> those are for sure some of the most that have inspired me um, recently. It's, it's so funny. I actually also just finished grit a couple of weeks ago. And oh, uh, yeah, so I, was, I, was, I think I even talked about it on, the, on the, one of the podcast interviews because we got into it a little bit more. So that's really, that's really funny. And yes, I was also going to recommend and how you built this. Um, and your idea about the TED Talks, that's a very good idea. I think that's an interesting challenge to do for a month. Um, and as mm-hmm. I said, I think it's a good tip to have it be a little <laughs> bit faster. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I might message you and be like, I can't concentrate on this. <laughs> I'll make it I got this so much. We'll see. Try 1.25 speed. There's also that option. Yeah. Yes. You can work your way up. Yeah. <laughs> or if somebody's really fast and you don't want to go double speed, <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> I made it there, yeah. To kind of summarize this great conversation, which we've had, you obviously have started doing things on your own terms and kind of defining how you want to create a life. How did your life change? I mean, for you, is quite early when you started doing this, but you know, I guess it's progressed <laughs> over the time to be more and more mm-hmm. in tune with what you want. How has that impacted you overall? Yeah. I mean, I think confidence for me was a huge thing and also just the ability to really believe in myself. Um, when I stopped, you know, basically listening to what society or, or friends or parents or, or whatever was saying about and sort of trying to dictate about how I should live my life and just do what I wanted to do. Um, I found that there was a lot more passion and excitement around things and so much learning. And I think, you know, ultimately we're all here to 
you know, excel the world as a whole, right? And how are we going to do that? Is it through going through the same daily routine day in, day out? Or is it through learning and having a dynamic routine and, you know, putting yourself into situations where you become uncomfortable? And that's something I've gotten a lot more comfortable with. I think every entrepreneur can attest to that is that you have to put yourself into situations where you feel extremely uncomfortable, but that's where you come out and, and you've grown so much from it. And I think that I've grown immensely in the few years since we've started to be here and just through even since traveling, you know, I have this whole other perspective on the world and on other people and on struggles and frustrations that you wouldn't be able to get unless you sort of get out of this box that you're living in and really allow yourself to be present in new places and experience them fully. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, definitely learning is the ultimate thing, but uh, also just life experiences that is that are kind of hard to put into words, but make an immense difference on you know your whole perspective of the world. For me, that's also definitely the the key takeaway from our conversation. So for you, Rebel, that's listening, take some time, do some intensive traveling where you actually spend longer. So you definitely. Of course, you check out Be Here at gobehere.com. And they have a beautiful Instagram, as you would expect from all the amazing locations that you can go check out at uh, Go Be Here. And Amison also shares kind of her journey, also her personal notes on you know what it's like building this business and traveling and all that jazz. And she's at, at Amison B. But I, of course, will also include all the links in the show notes. So you can also just click on over there. And Mizen, thanks so much for a really amazing conversation and inspiring people. And I love that you're empowering women to kind of figure out what to do on their own. And I think especially solo travel is something that women don't do as much as they should because they're, you know, maybe a little afraid or they get told by society they shouldn't. So the fact that you're kind of enabling them to do that and giving them the resources in the community to really make the most of it is um, something I absolutely love and can totally stand behind. So thank you so much for creating Be Here and thanks so much for the, for the conversation. Well, thank you so much for inviting me on and chatting with me, Kat. It's been great. It's always exciting to talk to other female entrepreneurs and, you know, women creating their own paths and uh, also fellow travelers like yourself. So uh, thanks so much. Thank you. And hopefully I'll see you live and in person in wonderful <laughs> locations soon. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Thanks, Kat. Thanks. Love today's episode? Spread the love. Screenshot today's episode and share that you're tuning in on social media to inspire more women to be a leading rebel in their life. And make sure to tag me so I can send you a personal thank you. All the leading rebel social media links are in the show notes. Until next time.